Welcome to this evidence-based nursing podcast. I'm Roberta Heal. I'm a professor at the School of Nursing, Laurentian University in Ontario, Canada, and an associate editor of the Evidence-Based Nursing Journal. It is my great pleasure to welcome Karen Tosh, who works at the School of Nursing and Health Sciences, University of Dundee. Karen has practiced as a neonatal midwife for two decades. She holds a Master of Science degree in advanced practice with a focus on practice education, a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and a specialist nurse qualification in neonatal intensive care. She is now a full-time lecturer in child nursing with involvement in a research project looking at Q-based versus scheduled feeding for premature infants. The study we will discuss today is titled Formula versus Donor Breast Milk for Feeding Preterm or Low Birth Weight Infants. It's a Cochrane Database System Review by Quigley, Embleton, and McGuire. Welcome, Karen. Would you begin by introducing yourself and provide a bit more detail about your current role to our listeners? Hi, Roberta. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, it's really nice to be here talking to you today. Uh, yeah, so I, my background is um, as a neonatal midwife, as you said there, and I spent about 20 years working in that area. So got to know quite a lot about looking after uh, little babies and their needs uh, in terms of feeding in particularly. But uh, over the last two years, I have moved into education, working here in the, the School of Nursing and Health Sciences at the University of Dundee, uh, where I teach into our undergraduate and postgraduate programmes, uh, still with a, a focus on uh, neonatal um, education for our undergraduate child uh, students in particular. Um, but I have a, a few things that, uh, that I do in the university as well as teaching our students. So one of the uh, projects I'm involved with uh, is looking at um, trying to approach feeding for preterm babies in a different way. So it's not just about what it is they get, but it's how they're fed and how we can advance their feeding instead of delivering feeds uh, every two hours or three hours. Instead, we look at the cues that babies give us, the clues they're ready to feed, that they want to feed, and to follow their lead rather than us telling them when they'd like to feed. Uh, well, Karen, your current interests are certainly a good fit for a review of this particular um, research article. So would you start by giving some background to the issue outlined in the study related to enteral feeding of preterm or low birth weight infants? Sure. Uh, when babies are born prematurely, they still need nutrition, uh, as would a term baby, um, to help them to grow and develop. Um, and some mothers may decide not to breastfeed their babies or to, to express breast milk. And for those that do, sometimes they can have problems or challenges in actually delivering um, an adequate milk supply to meet the nutritional needs of their baby. And it's actually really important for premature babies in particular that they get some milk delivered into their gut because it helps it to mature. We need to make some choices about what kind of milk we use to help with that process, whether uh, it is donor breast milk, which means uh, milk that has been expressed from a, um, a woman who is not the mother and who goes through a process of pasteurization to make it uh, useful for premature babies, or whether they have a formula-based milk. Um, there are different kinds of formulas out there too, so you can have a standard formula that you would buy off the shelves. Uh, or there can be specialised formulas that are designed particularly for the preterm baby to help them to grow and develop. So there are quite a few options that babies can have in terms of having um, milk. 
And another option that's uh, available in terms of making sure they get their nutrition is combining some of mother's milk or some donor breast milk with uh, something called breast milk fortifier. So it's additional protein and fat and calories that is added to, uh, to breast milk to make sure that you're delivering the nutritional requirements of the baby. So there are quite a different combinations of things there that you could choose to feed the baby with. The study here really wants to try and get to the bottom of what might be the best option if you don't have mother's own breast milk to feed their babies with. So would you be able to provide more detail about what the study included? The study by Quigley and colleagues um, wanted to look at the relative benefits and perhaps some of the risks of the different types of approaches that you could use for feeding. So would it be better to use formula? Would it be better to use donor breast milk um, or some combination of those things. So they undertook a, um, a review of the current evidence uh, in a Cochrane format to try and determine what were the relative benefits and the risks depending on the milk options that you're using for feeding babies. What conclusions were made by the authors of the original paper? So what the authors concluded was formula milk, if you use that, is associated with faster rates of growth uh, in hospital. So it gives nutritional certainty. You know how much the babies are getting. You can give them a specific amount and you can calculate uh, you know, the protein and the fat content and it contributes to faster rates of growth. But that effect doesn't continue beyond hospital. So after discharge, they, they don't grow at a faster rate um, as babies who are having uh, breast milk. The issue or the trouble in terms of uh, what they concluded was is that using formula milk uh, doubles the risk of a condition called necrotizing enterocolitis. Now this can be a, a devastating illness that, the, uh, that premature babies can sometimes experience and it's an infection of the gut uh, if you to put it in simple terms but feeding has um, a significant impact on it. So actually using formula milk increases the chances of preterm babies suffering from this infection of the gut or the gastrointestinal lining. They also concluded that uh, whilst it doubled the risk of neck, there wasn't any evidence of an effect on um, survival or on longer term growth and neurodevelopment. So it didn't make things any worse in terms of survival, but it didn't also make things any better in terms of growth and neurodevelopment. So using formula might give you some certainty in terms of the weight gain in hospital, but it didn't seem to confer any other benefits and indeed seemed to come with a doubling of risk in terms of developing this disease called necrotizing enterocolitis. Do you agree with the author's conclusions? And what do you think are the implications for practice related to these findings? Okay, that's, those are good questions. And uh, yes, I do agree with their, with their findings. I think that the evidence linking formula with the incidence of necrotizing enterocolitis is already well established and informs current practice now already. Uh, in terms of encouraging and supporting mothers in their decision making about how to feed their infants, uh, the study is really, really important. If there are risks to their infant of using formula milk uh, as a, a way to feed their babies, it's important that we understand that there is a risk associated with it. So I, I certainly agree with the conclusions in that regard.
I think that if we tie in that sort of larger body of work that looks at the links between necrotizing enterocolitis and, and formula specifically, this adds to that um, in terms of showing us that there is a clear risk associated with using formula milk for preterm babies. The research in itself is really important and I think they also conclude that really effective early strategies are very important for this vulnerable population if preterm babies are at risk of this particular condition. But the applications for practice, unfortunately, are a little bit limited. Now, one or some of the reasons uh, for it being limited, despite um, this review here, is the nature of the research that was already available to review. So they, they reviewed 11 trials, and seven of them were more than 30 years old. So that gives you a sense of the, um, the age of some of the work that's been done. It's, it's really quite old. And there are other studies that are currently in de development, about five that review talks about, but the results aren't available yet. So it's great that other people are looking at it, but in terms of this review, the applications for practice are quite limited at this point um, because of the age of some of the studies, but also some of the quality. There was some significant methodological issues with some of the studies um, that were available for this review. So it would be really interesting to see what comes out of the studies that weren't able to be included. Keeping with that, what further research is needed in this area? Okay, so I think further research really ideally should be along the lines of, of large randomized controlled trials. Um, although I think that would be challenging, I think, to, to do a large scale um, because of some of the changes in practice that have become standard even though there hasn't been a good evidence base for them on the basis of this material. Uh, so, for example, at the moment, the use of breast milk fortifier in either mother's own milk or in expressed donor milk is actually quite standard. Now, breast milk fortifier is a formula in itself, so it would be difficult to compare donor breast milk with formula milk unless practitioners were prepared to actually deliver milk that didn't also have breast milk fortifier in it. So I think uh, we would need to take a little bit of a step back to be able to say if we're going to do a, a, a truly randomized controlled trial then we would have to have a group that has formula, we would have to have a group that has donor breast milk um, with nothing added to it, no supplementation and perhaps a, a, another comparison group that has donor breast milk with supplementation and I think that might be quite um, a challenging thing for practitioners to sort of slightly step back from a practice that has become standard. Another thing that we also have to consider in terms of a randomized controlled trial is that the, the goals of feeding aren't just about growth and development and they're not just about getting bigger and actually giving the milk, they are also about um, maternal choice about what women choose to feed their babies with. So I think it's really important that um, a randomized controlled study is sensitive to the needs and desires that women would have or families and parents have over the choice of milk that they want their babies to, to be fed. So I think there are some things that would be challenging, but I think certainly a, a large randomized controlled trial would certainly help to answer the questions in terms of what are the relative risks and benefits of formula compared to donor breast milk if uh, mother's milk isn't available. If listeners take one thing away from this podcast then, what would it be? Okay, so I think what would it be is that 
it's really important, I think, that mothers are encouraged and supported in their choice of feeding. And in this particular arena, in, in neonatal intensive care environments with premature babies, that we are promoting the benefits of breast milk to mothers. The more mothers who choose to express or to feed um, their babies with breast milk actually reduces the question of whether or not you have to supplement or, or have an alternative in the form of formula or donor breast milk. And the, the other point I'd like to make that yes, formula milk does increase faster weight gain in hospital, but it doubles the risk of neck. So we still have to be very careful and be very considerate about the choices that we're making in terms of supporting babies with their nutrition and the goals that we are trying to achieve for them. I would like to extend my thanks once again to Karen Tosh. Don't miss new commentaries, blogs, and podcasts on the Evidence-Based Nursing website, www.ebn.bmj.com. Thank you. Thank you.